The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Wait. (laughs) Tonight at the main event, what do we have? Who do we have? You know what it is. It's Taco Tuesday. Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium Ben Wittenstein. Zach Badgerhouse. Another week, more NBA talk. Lots of fun things to talk about this week, Zach. Ball is life. Welcome the new listeners. Welcome to the old listeners. If you're new, go rate, subscribe, whatever you need to do to continue listening to this glorious NBA podcast. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yep, go ahead and review, rate us. Give us five stars, nor four stars. You know how it goes, yeah. right? We're out every Monday morning, uh, except a couple weeks ago when we were out on Tuesday. But We're out on a Tuesday. We've been out on a Friday before. We have, that's true. <laughs> we are consistently inconsistent, but mostly we're out on uh, Monday morning. So be sure to check your uh, podcasting apps or wherever you get your podcast. Monday morning, we'll exactly. be out. Exactly. It's the way to get the week started. All right, Zach, let's start with the big three. The big three. Rocket Celtics. We usually don't talk about single games, but this was a big one. Yeah, this was a good game in particular. Uh, Boston Celtics led by as many as 17 in the contest before losing in overtime, ultimately 111 to 110 to the small ball Houston Rockets. Man, you know how I feel about the small ball Houston Rockets. And that's what I wanted to talk about because the Rockets, for all the crap that people were giving them around the trade deadline and – you were one of those people, too. Yep, I... And again, small sample size. <laughs> it is a small sample size, but they have gone on an absolute tear. They have won their last six in a row. They have beat a good Celtics team. They beat a, f- a flailing Jazz team. They beat the Celtics twice, I should say, too. Jazz, that counts, though. The Utah Jazz game, that counts because that's a game that, well, that's a team in particular that they have to pay attention to come playoff time, mm-hmm. mentioned, and we mentioned that last week with a guy like Rudy Gobert and versus, you know what I'm saying, the Houston Rockets and their small ball and how it's going to play out. And like you said, they took care of business the first time around, well, the last time around that they played. Yeah, the, the Jazz were kind of one of those teams that people were talking about have a great chance to beat the small ball Rockets because of Rudy Gobert. I mean, how do you – if you're playing a lineup where no one's taller than six foot seven, how are you going to defend Rudy Gobert? and somehow the Rockets were, were able to figure it out. And we saw a lot of that defense against the Celtics last night. They were playing as good of defense in that second half as we've probably ever seen the Rockets play defense. And what's, what's crazy about it, Ben, is that the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics, they match up well because the Boston Celtics, they don't necessarily play small ball, but no. they don't necessarily have a big man either that can uh, defend the post well or rebound you know, or just oh, rebound God. in general. You know, Ennis Canner, he tries to get his double-double off the bench, but – you know, Tice, he struggles uh, on, on the boards. And they got and that's what cost them at the end of that game late in that Houston Rockets-Boston Celtics matchup was the rebound. And they could yep. not – the Boston Celtics could not get another chance 
to get a rebound towards the end of that, end of, at the late end of that fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they just weren't boxing out, which if you're going to be <laughs> playing small ball, you need to box out. Westbrook had that disgusting putback dunk that no one boxed out on him. Jalen Brown is two box outs. Makes two box outs. In crucial moments. So it could have just, you could say it comes down to boxing out for Boston to be able to win this game, but you have to hand it to Houston. They, they played a great job. They shot, think about this. 55 three-pointers. How many did they actually make? 55, and they made 15. They shot 27% from three, and they still won the game. And on the opposite side, the Celtics, who shoot a good amount of three-pointers, they're they're probably around what the league shoots on average, 42 three-pointers, and they made 13 for 31%. But, I mean, you look at the Rockets, and that is their game plan for the rest of the season, 55 three-point shots. They are going to be shooting as many three-pointers as they can, they're going to try to spread the floor as much as they can. And Russell Westbrook, he's a new man because of it. They spread the floor. They're, they it allows literally, him to everyone the is on the arc. Russell, all he has to do is attack the basket. Yeah, it allows him to attack the basket. His last seven games, he's averaging 35 points a game, shooting over 55%, seven rebounds, six assists. He's gotten it done, especially throughout times where it looks like James Harden struggling on the offensive side with his high volume uh, shots and the, the, select, the shot selection that he decides to take throughout games. And so sometimes he puts them in a, you know, a bad position offensively, and it's up to Russ to come in and sometimes save the day. And like last night, 41 points, right, on that mm-hmm. Saturday night, 41 points over the Celtics. So he played exceptionally well. And what he said, one thing he said after the game, Russell Westbrook, was the measurement of a man is where you stand in adversity. They were down 17 points in <laughs> they that were. game. No, they so were. So they were able to fight, fight back and win on the road too. And it's interesting, and when, when you have Russ and Harden, you're not really out of games unless Harden's, you know, missing shots. But Houston does have one of the easiest schedules going forward. So if they do continue to win, are you going to be willing to admit that small ball does work, or are you still waiting for the playoffs? Everything's all about the playoffs. Okay. Everything will Especially always, for Houston. Yeah, especially for Houston. We, we're, we're only going to be able to determine if the Houston Rockets' small ball, you know, style of play is going to work when playoff time comes. Will they make it out of the first round? I've been on the record on this podcast saying they will not, and I'm going to stand by You're that. You're still despite, staying, even, despite, even with how despite, good they've been doing. Yeah, despite this, uh, the six uh, straight wins and eight and two their last ten, despite yeah. all that, having the 25th easiest record remaining in the NBA up to date, despite all of that, I'm still going to go out and say that Houston Rockets, they have to win a playoff series for me to believe that this can work. And depending on who they match up with, which we'll get into yep. in one of our big threes, it is. It just all depends on who they match up with out there out west. Like if it's if it's Utah, if it's Denver, you know, you never you never know. Yeah, and there's a lot of movement that's possible. Like you said, we'll get into that. That's our third um, of the big three. We're talking a lot about the West in this podcast because as we move on to the second, the big three. Talk about the Jazz and the Jazz was a team that I loved going into this season. I thought the addition of Mike Conley was going to help them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And it has been the exact opposite of that. Opposite. I was 100 percent wrong on that one. But they have—they've um, struggled to say the least. They've gone five and five in their last ten games. They haven't been able to really get a ton of things going offensively. And they even benched Mike Conley. Well, they sort to start of Royce did. O'Neal. Sort they, of benched. They sort of benched him. Sort of didn't bench him. But they moved the, him to the bench. Yeah. For a game. At the same time, like it just hasn't worked out. It just hasn't worked well. For Mike Conley, yeah. we all thought that the that age was is gonna, getting up to him. Well, I'm not going to say it. we we all thought, but <laughs> those out there who love the NBA and you know spectate and analyze the NBA, they all thought that that was going to be was Mike Conley was going to be the guy that was going to put them over the hump in the I Western Conference. I raised my hand. I definitely thought and that was going to happen. And I was not one of those people because 
what has Mike Conley done in Memphis to show you, like, individually, Mike Conley? Not the team, not the Memphis Grizzlies, but what has Mike Conley Jr. done individually to show you that he could take a team and put them over the hump out west in the Western Conference if he didn't do that? For the Memphis Grizzlies. Did Mike Conley ever do anything bad to you? Because you you have a vendetta against. He Mike just Conley. got paid a certain amount of money that I just didn't agree <laughs> with, and I still stand by him being paid yeah. the same amount of money as Kobe Bryant. Like he's box office, it doesn't sit well with me, and it didn't sit well with me. And as you can see, it didn't sit well with Memphis as they decided to move on and go with a guy like John Morant, yeah. who's way more exciting, and you could pay him. Oh, 100%. You could pay him that amount of money, and I'm guarantee you, people are going to fill the fill the stands and come and watch him play. But Mike Conley Jr. I don't really think so. No. At age 32, I mean, this is arguably his worst season he's ever had since he started in the NBA. Only 13 and a half points a game. Making $30 million to get 13 and a half <laughs> points. That's highway robbery all day, every day, yesterday. He's shooting 36% from three. You just, man, you're so happy that he's playing poorly he's right now. He's playing so bad, and it's not it's, – it's the money, man. It's the money. And the interesting thing is with the Jazz, it's a I'm lot of it has to do. I'm not pocket watching either. Like, no, I'm not no. pocket watching, but it's just like I can't pay a guy this amount of money who's not going to fulfill, you know, the twenty. give me 20 points if you're going to make $30, $20 million. That's all I ask. And the interesting thing, too, is he's, he's not shooting the three ball well, as we said, but the Jazz in total, they just – something's not been clicking with whatever was clicking last year is not clicking this year. You're seeing Donovan Mitchell play – about as good as he's been playing for his career. But Joe Ingles has, has struggled shooting the ball. You've had Rudy Gobert sometimes struggle a little bit in certain games. They've just been more inconsistent than they usually have. And the Jazz were at the start of the season, and we talked about this on the podcast back in the, in the fall, was those sneaky NBA Finals pick. You had some people thinking, well, they could make a run for the Finals if everything goes their way. And it's a, lot been, of, a lot of people had high expectations on Mike Conley to yeah, really put was, them over the edge. It was. It was Mike Conley. And, it's been the exact opposite. They have fallen. When we last talked, we were talking about Oklahoma City Thunder uh, last week or two weeks ago, kind of making a move to get into the middle of the pack, and they have an easy shot. They're only a half a game behind the Jazz for that fifth spot in the West. So the Jazz, if they keep losing, the Thunder's stock is going up, I and mean, the Jazz is going down. The Utah Jazz, they've lost four of their last five. Now, if you go and look at their opponents, you probably would say that, it, you know, at least – they probably shouldn't have gotten blown out by the Phoenix Suns. No. You shouldn't come Especially back. Especially without Uber. You should, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. And then you got a team like the Houston Rockets. You, won't, you lost that game by 10 points. Okay, fine. Now, a team that struggles to defend in the San Antonio Spurs, that's a team you should not probably lose to with a team. They struggled defensively this year, all year, to be honest with you. Yeah. But they did take care of a team like Miami, who's, uh, who really hasn't played well on the road, but they took care – of Miami before the uh, All-Star break, and they took care of Dallas, too. So they've really just struggled, really, since after the All-Star break. They haven't found their niche to get back into the groove of things, but they are coming off a win, and their next opponent, their next two to three opponents, they should actually win those games. So they should go on a winning streak because they're going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers next. They should play a struggling New York Knicks team as well that helps. before they go to Boston and play a tough Boston team. Yeah, and that game may, may be big for them, if, especially if they're coming off two big wins for that. So that's something to keep an eye on, and that's a really good transition if we're talking about the West. The Big Three. So number three. Wow, wow, West. So what, what is the topic for our third Big Three? Um, if the season ended today, Ben. Yes. Playoff picture and how it looks on both sides of the East and West for the NBA. And right now you take a look at the East first, as we've done so much with the West right now. Let's go out, mm-hmm. out East and look. You know, as of today, the Brooklyn Nets, they currently sit in that eighth spot and would take on the Milwaukee Bucks 
in the first round, and I'd probably have to say that the uh, Brooklyn Nets probably would not win a game. You don't think they'd win in that in that series? No, they probably wouldn't. Now, what might surprise you is that the Orlando Magic versus the Toronto Raptors, if the, if they were to match up, that'd be interesting. Now, the Toronto Raptors have had the injury bug they have. all season long, so it depends how healthy. But different they are. guys have been able to step up they too have as been, well. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you if you're looking at Magic Raptors, I mean, I think you'd have you'd obviously have to take the Raptors, but, but I, think I don't each, know if that's a sweep. I don't I don't think it's a sweep as well, and I also think all, most games will be low scoring because uh, the way the Orlando Magic play and how well yeah. they play defensively as well. They don't score a lot of points, but they do play well defensively. You know what the the Bucks against the Nets are? For cash. <laughs> I had to use that. We don't use the soundboard often enough. Indiana Pacers, currently six seed. They scare me, Zach. Now, Pacers scare me. I agree with you. you know, depending. In terms of how bad they are. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm worried about the Pacers. I'm worried that Oladipo isn't going to get to 100% by playoff time. And I'm a little worried that the chemistry hasn't been completed yet with the team. They've had, what, a week or two to kind of figure their stuff out. And they, yeah. my worry with the Pacers, they have been able to finish games. I'll give that to them. Yeah. They have. But their starting games have been horrendous. They have not been able to start games. They've been down at half to the Knicks. They've been down in the second quarter to teams like the Hornets. I mean, they, they have struggled a little bit. Now, will they be able to come all together by the end of the season? You know, you have a month or so before that happens, so they right. have time. But if they can't get the chemistry going with Oladipo and Oladipo still isn't 100%, I'm a little bit worried for the Pacers in the first round. I honestly would not. But you like them. Yeah, I like I like the Pacers. I like the Pacers because of what they're able to do without Victor Oladipo. Okay. Uh, just the other day, T.J. Warren scored 30 points. Mark that calendar. I'm still waiting on that Indiana Pacers-Miami Heat game. I'm telling you, T.J. <laughs> Warren might go for 40 on Jimmy Butler. He's the Jimmy Butler 2.0? Yes. Jimmy Butler 2.0. And, and that's what makes it so hilarious because, like, Jimmy Butler's not too far off in terms of talent from T.J. Warren. And, yes, I said that right here. On the podcast, overreaction. <laughs> if you want to, if you want it to be that, that's that's fine by me. But I do believe that Indiana is a team that could sneak in some games and make it tough for the Boston Celtics, and could maybe even win that series, especially if Kemba Walker is not going to be 100% coming into the playoffs. Yeah, the injuries for that series would be interesting. And it's interesting you're talking about the East right now, two playoff picture. It seems for the most part, those first eight teams in the East are going to be in the playoffs. The Wizards are four and a half games back. The Bulls are seven games back, and the Hornets are six games back. I mean, those teams probably aren't going to get in over the Nets unless the Nets start really free-falling. They've lost their last four in a row, so I guess it's possible. But for right now, it looks like the East is fairly set. Now, there will be some movement. Magic and Brooklyn half game apart. Pacers are only two games back from the Heat for that fourth spot. So you may see some movement in the four, five, six, seven, and eight spots. But for the most part, the East is pretty set, at least one, two, and three, and those eight teams that are going to make it. And then I'll give Indiana this amount of credit, too, at least. You know, even coming out of the All-Star break, you know, they're only four, they're four and one. You know, so they've been able to get it done and keep themselves, you know, right there in the mix of the playoff spot between that yeah. fourth, fifth, and that sixth spot. And so you may see a situation if, if the 76ers don't be able to get it done and be able to maintain, you know, these wins and maintain these games without Ben Simmons and without uh, Joel Embiid, and you can see a you know a shift dynamic within the Eastern Conference for the playoff seeds. Yeah, and they, I mean, we were watching that game. They they were playing the Clippers pretty well in that first half. And Clippers right now looking like they have a handle on it. They're up 11 right now with the five minutes to go in the fourth as we record. So, 
guessing the Clippers are going to win. So Philly does kind of need to figure it out. How long is Ben Simmons going to be out? At least two weeks. Not sure if it's going to be more or less. And B needs to figure out his injuries. He's going to be out at least a week, week and a half or yeah. so as well. So if they can't figure it out and the standings are like it is right now, it would be Philadelphia and the Pacers. I'd take the Pacers over an Embiid and Ben Simmons list 76ers team. Exactly. Ten times out of ten. And then you look at Miami versus 76ers 4-5. If yeah. that takes place and both of those teams struggle on the road, that game, that, that – if the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers were to meet in the playoffs, I could guarantee it goes seven. Really? I, I would almost you guarantee. guarantee I would always, if my the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, if they meet, I'm almost guaranteeing, <gasps> almost guaranteeing, almost guaranteeing. That it goes seven. That it goes That'd seven. That'd be fun. Okay, we'll, we'll have to, we'll record that for later. Put this in the recording and we'll, uh, we'll keep playing it if it goes seven. <laughs> You'll, you'll get something. We'll or get, if they match up. You know, they have to match up. They do. First. They do have to match up. That's true. Let's move to the West um, because that is where it gets a little bit more dicey. Now, we have uh, an overreaction that involves the West. Yes. So we'll save that in a second. But the front end of the Western Conference playoff picture is loaded. Lakers are probably going to get that one seed. But you have the Nuggets, number two, the Clippers, number three, the Rockets, number four, and the Jazz, number five. And all four of those teams are within three games of each other. So, again, the Jazz, three games back from the number two spot with the Nuggets. Only three games. Only and three games. And they're currently the fifth seed. So that's, that's how crazy the interchange is out west. You can get a lot of movement. The Jazz, though, we talked about they're kind of pooping the bed here. <laughs> they yeah, they need to struggling. figure it out. They've been struggling. But like I said, they got an opportunity to win some games uh, on this road trip that yeah. they have. And, you know, like I said, they got the uh, – they got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, they actually have a home game. They got game. an easy schedule. They have the yeah. Cavs, got the Knicks, and you got a tough Boston team. We don't, we, we're not sure if Kimmel Walker's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Got a team in like the, uh, the Detroit Pistons that they can take care of. So they got a little stretch of games where they can win and put themselves back in a position to be, you know, the fourth seed or the third seed by the end of the week or so. Don't overlook our boys on the Thunder, too. Oh, you know, they're, that's the team we're rooting for. They're three and a half games back. From and that's the, the team spot. we're rooting for because the Oklahoma City Thunder, Love OKC. we need – the Oklahoma City Thunder to bypass the Houston <laughs> yeah. Rockets on the season that so would be I could be right. <laughs> Chris Paul, you've done such an amazing job for the Thunder, leading mm-hmm. the team, along with Shai Gilgis Alexander, of oh, course. Man. man. Love it. But like I said, right now they're third, they're six. They would match up against the Nuggets. You think the Oklahoma City Thunder could pull off the upset against Denver? Against Denver? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what Den- if Denver knows what they're doing right now with Michael Porter Jr. not playing a ton of minutes for some reason. I was just reading an article about how well he contributed in January, and in, they reduced his minutes by 10 minutes a game in yeah, February. Yeah, it was crazy. And it's it's kind of weird that that trade that they made, getting rid of Malik Beasley and Wancho, it kind of messed was gonna, up the rotations a little bit. You probably would have thought that that would have gave him more opportunity to get those minutes that those guys were once having. Yeah, and so they've, they've struggled a little bit, and you never really know what Jokic you're going to get if you're going to get the caring Jokic. I mean, towards the playoffs, you'd hope that he would start playing like he cares, but he's been a bit inconsistent night in and night out. So, I, I mean, I think the Thunder could give the Nuggets a fun game. I think that would be a very fun series if that were to happen, if they were to line that way. And I think every team in the West would make a fun series. This this is a, a down to the Memphis Grizzlies against the Los Angeles Lakers, because guess what? John Moran's going to get put on a show. Yeah, anyway. what happened on Saturday? Yeah, they, they won the Grizzlies get, blew out the Lakers. They won it. They and they that wanna, was without yeah. Jaron Jackson, and the Lakers had everyone. So, But the Lakers came off a of back-to-back. Lakers were coming off a of back-to-back. Off of back-to-back. So, just listen, I, I mean, I think the West is going to be an extraordinarily fun playoff 
Because if it like like if it ended today, Dallas Mavericks, Clippers. Yep. Who's to say the Mavericks won't? Yeah, man. You don't know what you don't know which part George you're gonna get. You nope. know what Kawhi's gonna do. Yeah, but you don't know which part George you're gonna get because he's not healthy. You know he hasn't been healthy really all year. Uh, you know obviously Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell they're gonna combine for probably 48 to 50 points coming off the bench, but. Hey, Dallas, they can get hot at times. You still got Luke. You got your boy Luca. Man, playoff Luca, I'm so excited. All right. <laughs> playoff Luca, I am extraordinarily excited for playoff Luca. Um, which, let's, uh, let's transition, a good transition, into uh, overreaction. Arnold! And the overreaction, Zach, and I can let, I, I put this out there. A team, let's just talk about the West, because we talked about the East, and it doesn't really look like there's going to be much movement on the outside of the playoffs. But in the West, a team currently not in the playoffs will make the playoffs. Well, you know. The overreaction or not. It's not an overreaction for me because you know the team that I'm rolling with. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> to make the playoffs and that team being the Portland Trailblazers. So, with me, you know. You love some Portland. I'm rolling with them. When's Nurkic coming back, though? That's the question. <sighs> They haven't had they Damian need Lillard. To come back. They, they haven't were, had Damian Lillard They haven't either. had Damian. Imagine that's them getting Dame too. and Nurkic for the – for the last what 15 games of the season that's true it'd be great zach to collins see. too you know obviously i mentioned him and as zach well collins, yeah. zach, zach collins but yeah the portland trailblazers i just want playoff carmelo i do and in the blazers they've lost three in a row they have and well, that's because without Dame, they don't have damian lillard yeah. so, you just hate the injuries man In- injuries just impact at a rough time for those bottom teams because even the memphis grizzlies they're dealing with injuries you just mentioned jaron jackson he's yeah. going to be out two weeks and so Man, it's tough, and they need these guys because that's going to be the that's what's going to be the key to push them into the playoff picture. You know, right now the Blazers are the 11th seed, and they sit what three, four games behind the Memphis Grizzlies for that eighth spot. And losing those three games put them in a tough spot. But the Memphis Grizzlies have also lost four of their last or five yeah. of their last six games. Yeah. They lost five straight coming out of All Star break too, so they they were a little sluggish. Now I know how we both feel about Zion. But right now, the next closest team to the Grizzlies is the Pelicans, and they're two and a half back. And he is knocking, and they are knocking on the door. Do they make the playoffs? <laughs> they have. Do a, the Pelicans? Do we see playoff Zion this year? The New Orleans Pelicans has. They have a legitimate case to make the playoffs because they have the second easiest remaining That's schedule. That's true. They do. And I've been saying this the last two weeks that the Pelicans have the second easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. They get to play the Timberwolves twice, the Hawks twice. It's in their favor. Like, it's legitimately in their favor for them to make the playoffs. We don't know what may happen. Some injury may come up. We never know. Right. And I was like, there's still that question mark with Zion, who hasn't played 20 games yet. (laughs) Yet, for some reason, people believe we could just give him the rookie of the year, despite the resume that John Morant has had. But disrespect is what it is. It really is. (laughs) But if it's the team that's sitting outside of the playoffs right now that that I believe can still make it and still have a chance, has to be the Portland Trailblazers. But you can't uh, forget about the Pelicans, or yeah. the Spurs, too, who currently sit at the 10th spot. You can never count the Spurs out of the playoffs. And I would say that a team not making a team who is not in the playoffs right now will make the playoffs. I don't think that is an overreaction, but I just don't know how likely it is. My te- If I am picking a team that is not in the playoffs right now that would make the playoffs, I would probably say it would be the Pelicans. Okay. I just, I just think they play great basketball with Zion, with Brandon Ingram, and – it helps, too, that if Zion were to go down, he were to miss a couple games for rest, whatever it may be, 
I, I love the way Brandon Ingram plays without Zion. I mean, he can put up 40 points a night without Zion. So I just think that they're the team most likely to make the playoffs, and I just don't know, can Twitter handle playoff Zion Williamson? I can't handle right now Zion Williamson <laughs> because the simple fact that it's just, for me, it's just like he needs to have that resume of all the games. And they're going to play the Lakers, you know, pretty soon. And uh, we're going to mm-hmm. find out, you know, who's going to win that contest. But, you know, post-All-Star, they are 3-1. They are Twitter's going to break, you man. You know, they are 3-1. They've played well. Zion has played well. He's break, uh, he's broken a lot of, you know, rookie records. He's been, he's been fun to watch. I agree. But Zion makes a dribble. Breaking news on Twitter. It's Zion like, dribbles the ball in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's just it's, it's unbelievable. But, like, but same case with LeBron, too. LeBron eating Twizzlers on the bench, yeah. and people go crazy. That's, that's, that is true. But LeBron's fun. I, I give LeBron a pass. <laughs> I would say he has earned that ability. To, anything he does is, is Twitter news. That's hilarious. Um, the next overreaction we have, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh-oh. Even when healthy. Their road record is disgusting. Why you got to use make that you term? Throw up. Why you got to use that? They term? have not even won double-digit games on the road this season. Well, they're nine the only, in twenty-one, and they're the only team in the playoffs that don't have ten wins on that, the road. On the road, and the next team is uh, the Detroit Pistons, also nine and twenty-one. And this is where a big deal comes right now because if they were the playoffs started today they would not have home court advantage against the Heat, which is I believe. Cr- which is crazy because, like, let's say hypothetically they had the same record, mm-hmm. like, four, like four or five. How do you, how do you divide that? Yeah, like, how I mean, do you we'll, determine we'll, that, right? It's a good question. I mean, we'll have to see how the season ends. But if, if the 76ers lose a bunch of games with Embiid and Simmons out, they're not going to be able to get home court advantage. And they play so bad on the road that – they have not even won 10 games this season. So can they even win a playoff series where the majority of the games are going to be on the road? No, They're going to have to win on the road. No, and that's, what I, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, if the Miami Heat, who've also been a bad road team, in the 76ers, like, that series would have to go seven because neither yeah. team likes to lose at home. And, a lot, and, and both teams does a great job losing on the road. So we're gonna, it's just So overreaction just or tough. no? We, we dabble in the NBA gambling. We just, we dabble. So if the 76ers, <laughs> if the 76ers play uh, and they don't have home court advantage, you bet all the money that they lose that series, no matter oh, who it's against. Without a question. If Even the, if it's 5-4. Five, four, five, four. If the Philadelphia 76ers have to go on the road four times in the playoffs, I don't, I don't think they're going to win. I, don't I think, think they're gonna yeah. win. They haven't played well enough, and then they've had these injuries, and they just haven't been they haven't had that chemistry really with Al Horford and I feel like a lot of people haven't really talked about that as much it's been I think at one point he came off the bench even a few times for them to just to try to see like how he can fit in with them yeah but it just hasn't really messed well with uh with Joel Embiid and Al Horford on the floor at the same time in my opinion no I I think I would agree there and I think that's so, I mean, it sucks for them that they can't play on the road for some reason. There's always always an issue with Philly. There's always, you know, Simmons and Embiid chemistry. There's always, oh, Embiid or Simmons can't play in the playoffs because he can't shoot threes. And now it's they can't play on the road. It's just Philly's just always, they have that issue. They have that, I don't want to call it an excuse, but people do use it as an excuse. They just, they have that one issue that is a big issue. It's a big them. roadblock, yeah, that gets them 
to the uh, won't get them to the finals. Now this could be an overreaction or no, but it'll be our stat of the week. The stat of the week. Stat. Dumbest stat song of the we week. have on here. Stat, stat of the week. <laughs> and so this is. Um, We'll make the claim, I guess, in a second. But the stat of the week is someone on Twitter, Zach Cram. If you want to go follow him, it's at Zach Cram. He works for The Ringer. He brought up this stat uh, that was really interesting, and it's about the Detroit Pistons. And he compared Andre Drummond, who the Pistons traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers at the trade deadline, to now Christian Wood, who is the major four kind of big man with, with the Pistons. And the numbers are kind of shocking because this season, Christian Wood is playing much better than Andre Drummond, higher points per game, oh shooting boy. a lot higher percentage, oh and the, his net rating is positive, almost positive three, and Andre Drummond is minus five. So, is Christian Wood better than Andre Drummond, Zach? <laughs> uh, I think it's a little too soon for that, but you know the numbers are pretty impressive. It I is will, interesting. I will say that, like you said, Andre Drummond this season, 18.9 points per 36 minutes. 58, well, 54.8 true percentage net ratings in the negative. However, meanwhile, you got Christian Wood. He's his net rating is in the is in the plus, 21 points per 36. Man, he, I mean, I just he's just playing really well. I think I think he just takes advantage of the amount of minutes that he's gonna play. So as yeah. soon as he gets in and he plays his minutes, he's effective from the jump. Whereas opposed from Drummond, he's only effective at times throughout games, not necessarily throughout the course of an entire game. I think that's what, that was Andre Drummond's biggest issue out in Detroit when he was there before being traded to Cleveland. And, you know, people were talking about the Pistons. They were calling him crazy. You know, you, you didn't get anyone for Andre Drummond. You just kind of traded him for peanuts. And you had a, a superstar who's 26 years old, a, a guy who you could ride with through a, a transformation of the team, and that you just got rid of him. But apparently they saw something in Christian Wood that they liked, and it seems like they have held on to the right guy. And Christian Wood – May turn into something special. Well, yeah, but especially I, with more more playing time without Drummond. We have to just wait to see how how the rest of the season pans out with him because I think they're gonna try to even because uh, I don't think his contract's guaranteed. Christian Wood, and so uh, yeah, I think, I think right. they're gonna have to guarantee his contract. He's making eight hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars. Yeah, season. so I think they're gonna have to give him a, a bigger contract come this off season and see what happens, but. You know, as of late, you know, he's averaged. Last 10 games, he's averaging almost a double-double. 20 yeah. points, 9.5 rebounds. 9.5 rebounds. Shooting. He's shooting almost 40% from, from three. three. Yeah, <laughs> so he's been affected from, like, different areas as yeah. opposed to Drummond, who was more so yeah. always in the paint. Christian Wood has been a little more effective, yeah. And I, that's, that has to have been what the Pistons saw in him. They, they were just looking at him, and they said, we can get rid of Drummond, we'll be all right, and Christian Wood will come in and, and help us and be the new Andre Drummond, I guess. 6'10", he's tall, he's got the ability to shoot it from downtown. Maybe they made the right move. Maybe they, maybe. Four or five years down the road, maybe we'll be seeing them saying they made the right move. Uh-oh. All right, are we going to NBA Twitter? <laughs> yeah. What it do, baby? Yeah. All right, NBA Twitter. Zach, we got a beef. We definitely got beef. Not me and you. And but I who want is all it? the smoke. Yeah, who's, who's, who's the beef? <laughs> Harden and uh, Giannis. Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, better known as Greek Freak. Yep. James Harden, yep. also known as the Beard. Yeah. The Bearded One. Now, 
Giannis said during the All-Star weekend, you know, well, before the All-Star weekend, when they were picking players, that he wanted to pick a player that was going to pass him the ball, so he went with Kimball Walker over James Harden. Great move. 100% endorse that move. Yeah, I 100% endorse that too. That. As opposed to dribble, 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 step back, travel. travel step back, yeah. Oh, travel, <laughs> step back. As opposed to getting that out of James Harden. Yep. Going with Kimba Walker, totally fine. Now, in a recent interview, you know, that uh, James Harden did with uh, ESPN's, uh, who, who was it, uh, Rachel it was Nichols? Rachel Nichols, yeah. He had an interview, sit down with her, and we have that sound. Uh, we we have the full YouTube interview available, but we have quotes is what he said. And Harden says he averages more assists than Walker. He said, I average more assists than Walker, I think. And he says, I don't see what the joke is. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. I just that no one can mess with me. <laughs> and he just started talking crap to Giannis. Yeah, so he basically was saying, like, I wish I, I wish I was seven feet and could dunk and run and dunk. Like, he basically was saying that Giannis had no skill. He basically said that he that Giannis didn't have skill because he basically said that that didn't take skill to do. Yeah. So to basically run. So oh, and you jump. want the real quote here? <laughs> he said, "I wish I could just run at seven feet and dunk. I got to learn how to actually play basketball and have skill." Have you seen That's what James pro- Harden said? Now, if anybody has watched Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> the Greek freak, this makes us furious. Makes you furious because from day one being drafted in 2013 up until now. He has improved his game yeah, beyond measures. Yeah. And if you – this is what made me so mad, Ben, is that he goes out there and he says that, and then the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks go out and win by 47 <laughs> points. And you Giannis watch, had 41 and 20 today. And then you watch – and you sit there and you watch Giannis, and, and he's getting it done on, on all areas of the game. So he's shooting the mid-range. He has the fadeaway. He's What's knocking the new down thing threes. He's doing? Turn around. Turn around, fadeaway, jump shots. It's amazing. He's knocking down threes. Yep. He's attacking the rim, getting layups. He's not just dunking. And every time he scored the basketball and it wasn't a dunk, I was just like, beep, you James Harden. <laughs> like, beep, you James Harden. Oh, like, just no. every time. Like, because you're not about to discredit the amount of work that Giannis Antetokounmpo has put in yeah. throughout his career to get to this point. He is a MVP. Took the MVP from you, sir, when you thought that you were going to win MVP for averaging over 30-odd points a game, but then getting put out, what, first, second round. doesn't really work Love that it. way. We but, Oh, man, a Rockets... Bucks final would be great. It would be one for and the this, books. In the, um, at but the Harden the, won't make it out of the first round. No, he won't. And we hope, I mean, we're not rooting against anyone, but <laughs> we're rooting against James Harden. Um, Giannis, after the All-Star game, too, he said, what was, the, uh, what was the strategy? And he said, offensively, we were just trying to find whoever James Harden was guarding. <laughs> because they know Harden's a bad defender on the perimeter. They, they knew that. And so he's taking shots at Harden from an All-Star game. <laughs> you got to love it, right? Yeah, the beef just, the beef continues. And I think a Harden-Giannis beef is something the NBA needs. It's yeah, something one, is one of the top three players in the NBA, without question, yeah, in terms you, of points and points per game and just MVP race. So, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You, you kind of need that beef. So we'll see where it goes from here. They obviously aren't going to meet in the playoffs unless it is in the uh, NBA Finals with them being in two different conferences. But, man, it could be fun. It could be a lot of fun to kind of see where, where those teams go um, and, and how they interact. I don't think Houston plays the Bucks once more. Is that what you said? I hope so. They play once more. I think they do. I'm looking at the strength of schedule, and they have the Bucks. Um, so Houston Bucks must see TV. They may play very two. soon, too, because the Rockets right now are on the road. So yeah. that game may actually be coming up. We may see uh, Giannis. You remember this, whipping the ball? Down low, it smacked Harden in the face. I think this was last year or something. And that video's taken on a little bit. It of has. It has resurfaced, too, since then. All right, Zach, we got to get our uh, 
we have to get our masks on because the coronavirus apparently hitting the United States. And CJ McCollum talked about the coronavirus on his Twitter. Uh-oh. And this is what he said. He, he tweeted this uh, on February 29th. He tweeted this on Saturday morning. He said, the coronavirus has officially hit Oregon, more specifically Lake Oswego. Make sure y'all washing all hand with soap for 20 or more seconds and covering your mouths when you cough. And this is what he said that got people talking. I am officially taking a break from signing autographs until further notice. Sincerely, CJ. Sincerely, CJ. He, like, wrote a letter, basically, he on did, Twitter. Yeah. And he's good at Twitter. <laughs> so for him to sign sincerely, CJ, I thought was kind of funny. But something you see, like, 60- or 70-year-olds do. But and then CJ they had, like, a uh, like if you scroll through the comments of that tweet. <laughs> yeah, people with the face people masks got the ma- yeah. People got the whole little, like, gas mask on as he's walking into the arena. <laughs> they photoshopped him with a gas mask There on. was a video of someone, uh, of CJ and Dame, going up to two kids, giving autographs, and Dame went up, give the autograph. You just CJ walk right past them. <laughs> so, hey, he's not lying. He's not going to give any autographs. He doesn't want any of that coronavirus over there in Portland. And you know, you know what? I don't blame him. Dame's out. CJ is the only guy who can score on that team other than maybe Melo. And we need him in the play, and we need the Blazers in the playoffs, too. Yeah. So. McCollum does not want that coronavirus. He, he does not want to get sick come playoff time. So I just thought that was funny. You didn't really see any of their player talking about it, but – for McCollum to come out and just say, I'm not signing any autographs because <laughs> of the virus. No one talked to me. No one touched me. I'm out. It'll be, maybe he'll wear a face mask. We don't know. Maybe he'll show up a face mask to the game. <laughs> <laughs> All the players start wearing face masks. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll about, that'll about do it, I think. Yeah, that wraps up That's this edition this of the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. And make sure you follow Stadium and Shams on Twitter. And make sure you listen to the other podcasts here at Stadium called Trash and Treasure with Amina and Felder. Comes out every Friday. Every and just Friday. like Points in the Pain podcast comes out every Monday. And we look forward to getting back with you guys next week.